0: Ryan Nickers. Bernard pulls the trigger. And
1: This is a brand. Nickers is a brand.
0: Allen Houston. Nickers can throw Once the neck, always the neck. Get it tested. Pussed up the three. One go. Rebound back.
1: What is going on, guys? You are listening to Nickish. You got your boys, Mo, Fais, and Nappy here on this August 9th, 2022 edition of the show. Uh, Real quick, make sure you check out our website, nick-ish.com. We got some hats and some hoodies and some shorts for sale. And uh, we got more coming along the way that we're really excited to show you guys. Um, Make sure you also check out our website, nick-ish.com. For Nickish musings, check out Omar's latest article on the book by Chris Herring, Blood in the Garden. Great review. Excellent book. Worth the read. Make sure you guys check it out. um I am gonna hang back in this episode. I'm gonna pass the mic over to Nafi and faiz They're gonna run with this. We got a lot of things that we're hoping to have in store for you guys by the fall that I'm gonna work on. But I'll be here in case I want to chime in for a thing or two. So Nafi, you got the mic. Damn, mad dramatic. Where was the fucking smoke bomb? <laughs> Disappearing in a cloud of dust. all right bro. Um, but I don't know what the hell that was all about. I think um, Mo's off to like build our Nick-ish tree treehouse. That's a uh... Just between us and our listeners, um, how you doing, Faiz? Let me bring you in. You know what I mean, what um, do you make of what just went down right now? I'm, I'm I chilling.
0: I, I'm. I think I'm more calm than most of the the Knicks fan and the Knicks pulse. Like I'm, I'm getting a pulse on like Knicks Twitter and seeing a lot of people uh, overreacting to that pro am game. So I'm gonna say I'm I'm doing good. I'm feeling calm, but you know the pulse on Knicks Twitter is not does not seem the same. <laughs> Excellent a segue. You know
1: what I mean. I think that's really what like, the audience can figure out. Moe's just fed up with the performance in the pro-am, and he's just like, I can't speak about these bums. These assholes, you know what I mean?
0: Moe's going to be our Julius Randle today. I'll be the Jalen Brunson. We got <laughs> Nafi. We'll be topping, you know? like Yeah,
1: just a fan favorite. Me right, I'm trying to what are you guys talking
0: about? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, y'all trying to fight? Uh, no, nah, it's me and my Julius <laughs> Randle back. Low-key Julius Randle's attitude. Y'all trying try to scrap right now?
1: <laughs> it's not a game, bro. Mental health issues are a serious problem in the United States. Like-
0: yeah, I'm getting a whole lot of mental health issues from this whole Knicks debacle. Like, it's like the first piece of news, like quote unquote news, we've gotten in weeks, and I feel like Knicks fans are just running with it. Like, it's a pro am game, man. And on top of that, like, besides the Knicks, like the coverage on it from like other NBA, I wouldn't say outlets, but like people just talking about it, like. I've seen like TikToks on it, talking about like the Knicks are, aren't are ready for the season because of this. Like, bro, didn't DeJounte Murray, Trey Young, and like John Collins lose their Pro-Am game a few weeks ago? And like LeBron and DeRozan Law won their game by like a point. Like, it's fucking Pro-Am. Like, these guys are acting like they're playing against janitors, man. It's like overseas players, like college players. Like, these guys can hoop. Like, come on. Give them some credit.
1: What are we doing here, man? We just wasted more breath than we should. Ever, based on pro am, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, as soon as I like, I open up Twitter, I see like two consecutive spaces going of of like people whining about this. Then I see clips from ESPN of like, literally, I think it was like Jalen, Jacoby. I don't know if they're with ESPN no more. Whatever the fuck, they're just like, should next fans be worried that their three other starters lost in a pro am? And I'm not gonna entertain it. I'm gonna just leave it at that. My disgust for just the fact that it's a topic of conversation is is speaks for itself. You know what I mean? But um, it is the only Knicks news, so I guess I'll say that like it's not cool that they lost to uh, regular folk. But um, I mean, what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? It's a fucking program game. I think this is the only time when the Knicks are involved is the only time when like like these scores are publicized. I feel like right. that's this is the perfect test case. There's no way you could tell me Knicks for clicks is not a thing. You know what I mean? I don't know, bro. Do you want to speak some more on this? Are you are – you... I,
0: mean, I mean, real quick, like, it was just awesome to see Obi Toppin just flowing and dunking. You know, I, I saw like, a three-pointer. Like, Jalen Brunson looks like a wizard out there. Like, I feel like that's what these program games are for, just a little bit more entertainment and seeing, like – I don't care about the score. I don't care about how much they scored. I just care more about, like, the flashes you see, the little bit of highlights. Like, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to just be, like, exciting way to see Jalen Brunson – play for the first time with a guy like obi Toppin, and man oh man he had some insane passes to him like we were talking about it offline and it's like some of these passes jalen brunson is doing i'd say the closest guard in our team to someone who could pass like that is maybe derrick rose and honestly i think jalen brunson might have just just a little bit like at this point in age maybe you know a little bit more upside on that so that that's the exciting part that's what we should be talking about but Knicks fans and the media got us the, you know the big bad media got got us fucking complaining and shit but that, that's remember. that's all i have on the topic that's, that's all it let, is i let's mean let's I, put you, a pin you, on it right there
1: yeah I, I will say like just to touch on this and like we cracked the joke earlier but like i don't know i don't know who to believe like if like julius did get into it with like fans in the right, stands right. and like it got even any type of hostile I'll, i'm one to say that like Fans can be dickheads, and they can say uh, out of pocket shit. And especially if Julius pulled up to this event with his family in tow,
0: it was a small gym. You know
1: what you, mean? You I mean? I would have put like probably them. every
0: you can hear like a pin drop in there, basically. It, at exactly.
1: So like, I, he probably you know words were probably said that were disgusting, and I could blame Julius for not handling himself. But I don't know. I mean, all this tells me is that uh, my opinion remains unchanged. Like it's just gonna be problematic. Julius is excuse me, on this roster this season, I don't know. It just feels like he didn't learn his lesson. And I don't know how you feel, bro, but it just almost feels like we're biding our time until he blows, like, and has another instance again. So I don't know what what can happen. If he's literally getting this riled up at a Pro-Am game, you know what I mean? It doesn't foretell good things, but maybe I'm just being a pessimist, you know? and maybe I'm just like fucking th- talking out of both sides of my mouth. Cause I'm like putting more weight into something that happened at a pro am than like we should. So we can leave it there. We can't. So like, you know what? Let's put a pin on it in other news, you know, just that across the pond or is it across the pond? Is it across the pond? The, like UK? the
0: toxic water that is, uh, I guess it's like, yeah, kind of. Even...
1: I thought you meant like literally across the pond. Like what, what's going on over there? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Brexit. Nah, that's, that's about as all I know. um, Brooklyn. Yeah. So we're talking about a clusterfuck mentioned uh, Brexit. No, tell about Brooklyn. Uh-huh. Um. So KD apparently met with Joe Sy, and apparently this was a meeting that um was supposed to happen anyway. It's almost like kind of like it was scheduled beforehand and it was like KD checking in with the owner and reiterating his trade demand. And apparently the report came out from Shams, right? Who happens to be seems like KD's new mouthpiece or whatever that, um, Word came out from Shams that uh, KD apparently put it side that, like, if, if you want me, you got to get rid of Sean Marks and uh, Steve Nash. You know what I mean? And Joe Sai went on Twitter later and uh, uh, tweeted something very sassy. I don't know if you got the tweet pulled up, but I'll let you take it from there. what Just fill in uh, the the audience on what, what went down in Brooklyn. I feel like I set it up nice for you
0: there. I will say, like, it's the first time we've seen an NBA owner really, like, flex his guns and say, like, hey. I'm the owner of this team. Like I, I say what goes. And I would say it's a little bit of a peculiar time to do it just because of like trade value and whatnot. You don't really want to do that. But you know, Joe Sy comes out and says he stands with the GM and the coaching staff of the Nets. And I like it in terms of like, you want to make a stand. Like you can't let these guys keep pushing you and bullying you around. But again, you've been letting them push you and bully you around all year like last, last few, few seasons. And, where was this energy when Kyrie wouldn't get the shot when he ruined your guys's chances at keeping Harden and all this, but you know, it's, it's, it's been, it's been frustrating if you're a Nets fan, because like, I feel like you're all over the place. Cause again, Sean Marks has done a phenomenal job with Brooklyn. If we're going to be honest, he's, he's acquired assets. He's made found, found ways to make it work for the Nets in a way where he keeps KD and Kyrie relatively happy, apparently, but still building for the Brooklyn Nets. But Katie picked Steve Nash. Why mm-hmm. are you? Why are you bitching and moaning when you signed an extension, knowing what the circumstances were? I feel like this is something you would have talked about before the extension. But hey, man, that that's how it goes with with Kate I don't know. I don't know how to do Brexit. Kate. K- Kevin. Durex. Close enough.
1: Close enough. That <laughs> I means a Brexit, Brooklyn. Whatever. Ah, whatever. Who cares? Um, I mean, you pretty much hit it on the head. That's what it comes down to, and it's. Just to, like, kind of be some kind of a, a objective and a, a analyst about the, the Nets, even though we're non-experts here. um, We joke and clown them, but I just feel like this is just, I kind of respect Josai. Not even kind of. I do respect that, like, he's just like, yo, we gave in everything y'all did. We turned the keys over to you. We let, literally let y'all get into a position where for def- kyrie felt comfortable going on a podcast and be like oh we run we run the nets i mean we don't really need a coach but you know she's just there to curate vibes or whatever y'all remember that yeah they didn't um,
0: mention steve remember he didn't mention like steve nash's name or something at the at the end of the year when they were talking about how they're going to come back next year so i mean i I think you got it the Kyrie was wasn't a bad name because that's what they are right now they're just like this like hermaphroditic blob that's been just running amok man like
1: that's an abomination if I ever heard one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,
1: I don't know. I'm just kind of processing the fact that like they enabled everything. And this is what happens when like you, you know, it's, it's a tired old cliche to like bitch and moan about player empowerment. But like, yeah, that's why I kind of respect Joe side. You know what I mean? Like he's out here putting his foot down. It's almost like he realized like yo, I fucking own this team. I run shit. You know what I mean? And, at some level, when you got like, just put it simply, if you got fuck you money, then at some point you're going to have to, you know, do fuck you money shit. You know what I mean? Like, like Will Smith smacking the shit out of Chris Rock. He could do that. He went and did that because he's like, yo, I, I'm, I'm Will Smith. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to smack the shit out of him. You know what I mean? And get away with it. Joe he's just like, yo, I got fuck you money. And like, yo, fuck you, Katie. At the end of the day, I respect that. And is it the smart thing to do? To be honest. I don't want to say it's smart, but, you know, if they kept giving in the KD and Kyrie, they probably would still be in championship conversations, right? So, I don't know. What's, I guess, what's the final verdict on this? Do you think, like, it's just fully the KD and Kyrie, like, fiasco? Like, they're all to blame? Or do you feel like there is, like, that that equal ownership of blame here? Like, I know Sean Marks is a good GM, and I know there are some people out there that do point the finger at Cy si and Sean Marks, but where do you fall on this? Like, is it just a player's only problem? Or, like, is There's plenty of blame to go around?
0: There's definitely plenty of blame to go around. I would definitely put it a little bit more on Katie and Kyrie because, like, they made their bed, and now they're refusing to lie in it where they just – they they don't want to even take accountability for their actions and the decisions that they've made. Like, remember you guy, you guys are the ones who brought in Deandre Jordan instead of wanting all-star Jared Allen. Like you guys are the ones who wasted your owner's money in doing this, but I will say the nets enabled them like the Brooklyn nets, Sean Marks, Joe Psy, you guys enabled them and you guys were part of that bed making process. And you guys kind of have to lie in it too. Like I get it. I do get that. Now they finally want to put their foot down, but it feels like it's a little too late now. Like, what's the direction of the franchise from here like yeah you can definitely accumulate assets from a, a KD or even a Kyrie trade but it's like i don't think they're really in any better shape than they were a few years ago because mm. KD and Kyrie was basically their their like you know playoff uh, aspirations and they got rid of their like home built team the, the team that you know everyone got so excited about for, for this for something that netted one playoff series win one more playoff series win than the New York Knicks so uh, you know at the end of the day there's definitely a lot of blame to be put around but I think this this whole situation is going to put a bigger magnifying glass on the whole player empowerment movement. And I think it's just like an accumulation of things with like the Ben Simmons thing happening. And again, Ben Simmons, we didn't even talk about the Ben Simmons drama in the middle of all this, but he's also a part of this. And now the, the magnifying glass on Katie and Kyrie. So I feel like we really want to see how the dominoes of this situation fall because it could lead to a lot for the rest of the NBA. Yeah.
1: I mean, to put a bow on it, brooklyn's fucked and we're we're gonna point a laugh out know i mean like uh, that's that's where we are you know what i mean like, you know for the serious analysis now um Real quick, though, I don't think there's been an update on like KD destinations, but it does seem like the Boston rumors lingered. I don't know if you want they, to touch on they, that or they
0: did mention that, uh, like in the reporting, they did mention the big names are still Toronto and Boston, those mm, are the big names. Okay. And I saw like Robin Lundberg, I want to say his name is, he's like a he's like does oh, like a Net lot stand. of yeah, 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 right, right. The guy for Sports Illustrated, he was like really pushing for like that Jalen Brown uh package. And I feel like we talked about it when that package came out. That, just seemed like the logical move. Like you're getting a great replacement for KD at, a, you know, a younger guy, two way player. We've seen that he could lead a team and whatnot. And you know, you're going to net some assets in the meanwhile. So I would jump on something like that, unless they're offering you Scotty Barnes from Toronto, but
1: exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. If bronze still on the table, I would do it. It's it comes out. If it comes out to Marcus smart, I feel like we just talked about it prior, but I do that as well. You know what I mean? But yeah, at the end of the day, we'll see what happens. I'm just kind of surprised Phoenix still isn't in the convo. I know they got Aiden. But...
0: I think it's just because they have to wait till December to trade Aiden. Right, That's yeah. why it does kind of feel like the way Katie's pushing for it, it might happen before the season. But hey, Joe side right now seems kind of rogue. Like he could just be like, no, nah, I own this team. I pay your contract. You're sitting your ass on this team. Like who knows where it goes from here, you know?
1: One could say that's immature. One could say that's egotistical, but hey, I don't blame them. You know what I mean?
0: Most of these guys who make this money, like they've stepped on a lot of toes Mm. to get here. So it's kind of honestly, I'll say it's refreshing to see these guys like take a stand for themselves. Like I feel like other owners and I I know we're kind of like do I'm at least like talking a little bit too much for the owners. But I feel like a lot of other owners are watching the situation unfold and they're rooting for Joe side because it only benefits them. Like, what if, I know this is, like, a really extreme, but what if the NBA goes to something like the NFL with non-guaranteed contracts? Like, I don't really see that happening, but, you know, like, it's, it's you know, things are coming up. Negotiations are coming up. Who knows how everything goes?
1: I think LeBron would shoot Adam Silver before non-guaranteed contracts come to the NBA. But, I, right. you know, it's just between you and I. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You mentioned ownership, so we could kind of pivot to our, our next segment. And I know the last two weeks we've been kind of do, doing like hopscotching between, you know, the top four teams and then was it the, the top eight teams? You know what I mean? In the prospective conferences. Regardless, we're going to kind of make this like a wild card segment. And I know we have a couple teams picked out. I'm going to leave it up to you, bro. Who do you want to start off with? Who's like, of, of the teams we kind of got picked out of these wild card teams, rather? Who do you want to just like, you know, you're chomping at the bit to talk about? But, you know, I, if you, if you leave that to me, I have a certain choice. But, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to hand the ball over to you, bro.
0: Um, I'd say let's let's get started with the easy guys. Let's, let's get them out of the way. I know I I, I want to talk a little bit more on, like, the more intense guys later on. But let, let's start with someone easy softball. I'll throw you a little bit, you know. Uh, let's start with the Chicago Bulls. They're, they're close uh, to home, close, near and dear. I'll say they haven't made a lot of moves. I actually just found out researching for this that they signed Andre Drummond. I didn't know that they are uh, re-signed Uh, Derek Jones jr. A good acquisition and biggest offseason move was re-signing Zach Levine and later picking up Goran Dragic. H- how do you feel about that? What do you, do you think that really like moves the needle for them and puts them on at the top of that quote unquote wild quote, card conversation?
1: I'm glad we started with this softball. Cause that like, that's how I saw the entire team that whole season. I thought they were just, you know, soft pretenders that would crumble when, you know, lights became brightest. And when, you know, when springtime comes, you know what happens to DeMar DeRozan? You know I mean? <laughs> he is not really the most reliable playoff performer. I felt like it was smoke and mirrors and so to see them kind of stand pat. I know they, they had drafted a kid, Dale and Terry, I believe it is like late the first round. Um, I know. They're counting on uh, the kid they drafted last year in the second round, Ayo uh, Sunmu, who Bulls fans seem to be, be very fond of. Um, and I, you know, to put the objective analyst hat back on. I know that uh, they did have injuries, but that's part of the game when you invest in Lonzo Ball, who has always been, you know, that kind of guy. He's built himself a reputation as injury prone. Um, Zach Levine had some injuries. I know Patrick Williams is kind of a, a freak injury last year, and I know Mitch was kind of responsible for that. Bulls fans kind of want to kill him still for that, but, you know, we don't really care about him. Um, but yeah, looking at this this team now going into next season, I think their front office is like, all right, let's run it back. Let's try to bet on improved health and improvement from the young kids, and them investing in Zach Levine. Some may say it's kind of foolish. I think you know I, I compared to like Bradley Beal staying with staying with Washington. I much rather be in the Bulls' position just because obviously Levine's younger and there's more upside there with with Beal. It felt like they should have moved on or it should have been a you know mutual split, but. I'm not mad at the Bulls summer. You know what I mean? Like if they're kind of betting on health, I dig it. And if they're trying to, you know, kind of bide their time for a, a a real superstar to go after, I I would like that. But I'm gonna ask like what assets, you know what I mean? They gave up first for Vucevic, first for DeRozan. Um, yeah, this is their core at uh, like moving forward and it's unexciting. Um I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like they're in a playing team. They're, they're going to be in the playing mix, and I feel like we'll be in a comparable level to them. I know I said the same thing last season and ended up, like, making me look bad, but in the end, I was right about Chicago. You know, like, flawed and kind of fraudulent roster. Cute, cute storyline, though, during the regular season. Um, let me ask you this, though. Who do you, like, looking at this roster and kind of the names you mentioned in the moves they made, who do you think is their biggest kind of, like, uh, variable going into next season for them to make a jump? So, like, it seems like they're standing Pat, but do you agree with standing Pat? And if not, who do you count on on the roster right now to take them to the next level?
0: So, I don't really think they had a choice but but to stand Pat. Like you said, they kind of gave up most of their assets in acquiring – Vucevic, Lonzo, and and uh, DeRozan, uh, even like to move on from from their current players. Like, I don't really see a world where they want to trade Patrick Williams or AO, AO unless like they're really acquiring like a solid good player in return or getting off that Vucevic contract. Um, so, like, I would say the 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 main player I see that would really be their X factor is Lonzo because we didn't really get to see a full healthy year of Lonzo, and that's not to say that Lonzo is going to be like an elite scorer for them or anything, but, you know, as a connector, I could really see him bringing that bridge between DeRozan and Levine together. Cause I know Levine's stats looked decent last year, but there was a lot of games, my bank account and my parlays will tell you there was a (laughs) lot of games where Levine wasn't even hitting 15 points, man. It was, it was real frustrating. So I want to see how Lonzo can get, DeRozan and Levine both involved and you know he he doesn't have that scoring capability that these guys have so maybe he gets them more involved but I'm with you man I can't be really entirely mad at the Bulls moves like I will still say like with their strength like yeah they're not in that top four top five conversation in the Eastern Conference but I'd still say they're better than like the, the, than the wizards, like benefit of the doubt of how they played last season. I kind of have to say that they're still better than the Knicks. You know what I mean? Like regular season wise. So like, I get it. You know, like if I'm a bulls fan, I'm not like super excited about their moves, but like, I'm not too upset. Like I feel like getting Levine back was like the main priority. And now that you have that guy back on your team, you're feeling good. You're feeling relatively good. But yeah, like you said, man, I'm not counting on DeRozan to play much better. Like I know he had an MVP caliber season last year, and it was insane. He he was he was going for some Michael Jordan scoring type of you know numbers, but is he going to do that again this year? He's pretty old. Like I'm not I'm not confident in that. I'm not really confident in DeRozan's game improving from here. But yeah, maybe I'm just a like hater. He
1: peaked. He peaked. You're yeah. Man. Um...
0: He had an amazing season last year, but are we? Can we see him replicating that next year? I don't yeah, think he's so. He's like
1: thirty three, going around thirty four. You know what I mean? And I don't know. There is still, I guess, the upside of him possibly like finally developing a, a consistent long range jumper. We, you know, but I'm not one to believe in that. I think he's Same. set in his ways. and I think that's who he is, and I think that's why the Bulls went for him. He was like a quote unquote attainable star that could. Prove to Levine, okay, we are serious about being competitive. Here's the contract, sign it. And Michelle accomplished, right? They kept Levine. Now, if I'm a Bulls fan, I guess I'm okay with it. Like, we kind of just wrapped it up, right? It's all about Lonzo's health, and that's exactly the guy I was thinking as well. But Patrick Williams, I don't want to seem like an expert on the kid, but, you know, internally, from what reporters say, the Bulls seem to be high on him, you know what I mean? And he was their number four overall pick in, was it 2020? The draft, I believe it was, right? The same
0: year as Obi Toppin. They, they exactly. surprised they surprised the NBA by picking Patrick instead of Obi Toppin, basically.
1: Right, right, right. Um, So, yeah, so it's like he's going into his third season and his second season was, like, you know, ruined by the injury. And his first season was during the COVID year. You know what I mean? So, we'll see what's going on. I know he's really young. He's almost probably, like, maybe a year younger than RJ. So, I think that's what that front office is banking on. But in the present, I don't think he'll be even – a needle mover enough to kind of give them, I don't know, a bigger upside than what they showed last season. You know what I mean? Um, do you want to move on to the next team? Do you want to stay in the East? Because, um, I mean, we, we hit on Brooklyn. We hit on Chicago. Both teams we laughed at. Let's, let's talk about another one of our enemies. You know what I mean? The Atlanta Hawks. And uh, you called them out earlier. They had their little pro-am moment as well. And for some reason, their scores uh, were not publicized because, you know, if they're in Atlanta, they're the Hawks. Nobody cares about them. Um, but regardless, they had an eventful summer, right? They got DeJounte Murray. Um, they kept John Collins despite all the rumors that, you know, they might move him. He might even be included in the DeJounte Murray trade. There were some frameworks like that floated early on. But uh, no, they kept, they kept him. Um they still got capella they still got a a a Gonku, the the lotto picked the the big man they picked I think like in twenty twenty as well um backing up uh, capella so yeah I don't I'm looking at him it's all really just they're betting on Trey Young, obviously being an ascendant star uh, I don't think he's on the same level as Luca, but Atlanta's betting that he is, you know what I mean and you know they're the one that made that trade so they gotta kind of keep gambling that their bet was the right one um but with that being said, I think from their point of view I like getting DeJounte Murray in a vacuum it's not a vacuum though I feel like they could have right now if they didn't make that trade they probably could have been in the convo for KD you know I me mean? I feel like they could have made an overwhelming offer in that regard that would have been my idea but nevertheless I I like the swing I kind of do think they complement each other well and Trey's been very ball dominant um so I think DeJounte can take, off, take some of that load off and be more of a dynamic playmaker than they've had since Trey went to Atlanta. Um, so I do like that gamble, but I don't think they're going to be a contender. You know what I mean? What do you make of that, that move in just their summer? You know
0: what I mean? I mean, I get where the move was coming from. I don't think anyone really saw the KD trade coming. But like you said, it's another team we're going to touch on later, but a lot of these teams, like including the Timberwolves, they kind of push their chips into the middle of the table a little early where they possibly had a chance at Kevin Durant. And yeah, I agree with you. Like they, they, they just, they, they pulled the trigger too early. And I like, I like DeJounte Murray a lot, even though he's been having a real attitude problem going off, like at these pro-am games, like you don't got a family, man. Like you have every single pro-am game, like, trying to embarrass Paulo Bonchero, like dude's a rookie, bro. Like let him him chill. Let him get his feet wet in the NBA. Like, I feel like he's doing a little bit of the most, you know, trying to be a menace in the NBA, but I didn't really see him as that type, but Hey, I guess he's
1: He's been a sicko this entire time. That's really what it is. I mean,
0: the Spurs really pushed down that personality and it's popping out at a, at a, in Atlanta. I, th- I think Mo saw him this weekend while he was there. That- that's why he didn't have a good time. But um, Oh, yeah,
1: Magic City, Mo and DeJounte, <laughs> wild, wild. Um. So,
0: I mean, I-, I I will say, like, also, they they are making these moves while still kind of, like, not moving back, but they moved away from guys like Kevin Herter, Danilo Gallinari, like, guys who are key pieces in that run to the Eastern Conference Finals that year, they eliminated the Knicks in the first round of the playoffs. So, you know, what, what, what is this really worth? Like, um, I'm with you where I do kind of want to say that they're a pretender. I do like the bet on Trey Young because I I do think he's a transcendent player and he's great. Definitely not on that Luca level, but definitely a tier right under where as a scorer, playmaker, you know, he's amazing. And DeJounte Murray gives him a a bigger opportunity to play off ball because they did not have a guy who could help him play off ball before. So we're going to see DeJounte Murray take that a little bit of a Steph Curry role, if you know what I mean, like, you know, running around the core, not playing with the ball in his hands. So I'm excited to see how that goes, but I'm not really confident. Like I do see them. I don't even honestly see them having a lot of regular season success. I see them being more of like a highlight reel. Like, you know, you saw like DeJounte Murray to John Collins, that little like lob stuff like I see them doing a lot of that but I don't really see it translating to a lot of wins I I I really don't want to sound like a big hater but like I think DeJounte Murray is going to get exposed a little bit in terms of like uh I thought I think he's a solid player but a lot of his stats and his counting stats were just kind of like uh, amplified because he played on a shitty Spurs team and I think now Mm. we're going to see him really adjust to playing with you know Trey Young John Collins and these guys and I'm not really confident about that. Like him and Capella are basically non-shooters, you know, like DeJounte can make a shot, but I'm not confident in his three-point shooting. So, and you're losing shooters like Danilo Gallinari, Kevin Herter. So I'm not really too confident in in the team, but if you're a Hawks fan, you're going to be excited just because it's a big name. And, you know, it's it's what we said, like the Atlanta Hawks aren't really like newsworthy people, but Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, they they put them on the board. Like they make them – uh, exciting, fun, young team. I guess. How
1: yeah. you feel? No, I mean, I feel like they. I echo everything you said. It's really just about they. They felt like they needed to make a move. Um, if they had their preference, they probably would use Collins to upgrade the the big man spot. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it all comes down to the idea that I don't think they're a contender yet. I see the upside in that in that bet on Dejounte with Trey, but you know, there's a reason why Steph gets a lot of credit for, you know, Steph Curry, I mean, for being like a superstar that's willing to cut off ball, play off ball, kind of not demand touches in a Harden-esque way. Trey Young's been more Harden than Curry, you know what I mean? So is he ready to turn over a new leaf, basically, like play, embrace more of that Steph role? Or I think that's where you're right in that, like, I don't think there will be instant regular season success to start. I think it'll be a situation where there's going to be like growing pains just because Right. naturally if, if DeJounte was a more of a knockdown shooter, I'd, I'd be much more confident to fit. You know what I mean? Exactly.
0: But exactly.
1: That's yeah. really what it is. So I think this is more dependent on trade adjusting and it seems like they're cool. They both with clutch and they both wanted this. And usually I tend to lean on the idea that if two great players, quote unquote great for DeJounte in this case, um, if they want to play together, then they're willing to do what it takes to fit together. You know what I mean? Usually that pans out, unless injuries come into play, right? But yeah, we'll see. Um, you mentioned T Wolves. I guess we can move over wait, to West right I, now. Wait,
0: before we move on, yeah, on who on, are on. you more? Who are you more confident in next year, the Bulls or the Hawks, as the wild card team?
1: I hate both of them so much. Um, just get that out the way. I gotta get that in any anytime I can. But <laughs> I think. With both teams, I I don't fuck with Trey Young, but I do respect, have a begrudging respect for his game and his talent and the kind of uh, level he can reach. I don't think he'll reach the Luca tier, but I do think he can entertain being, you know, like a a cut below that. So to me, if you're asking who I'm more, uh, you know, positive about going to the next season, Bulls or Hawks, I'm gonna go Hawks just because I believe in star talent over anything and. I think Zach Levine's ultimately a more of a high end number three option or a a two option on a contender with Trey. I do think if you squint a little, you could see a scenario where if he does kind of embrace the Steph Curry mantra, he could be the number one on a on a on a championship caliber team. I do genuinely believe that. I don't think it's likely. We'll see. But does that mean? I I mean, I saw a lot of nodding. You may you you incline to agree or are you more of a Zach Levine fan?
0: I'm inclined to agree with everything you said. I think you're right, but I'm just going to shift to the other direction where like, I just, I think that you're hundred percent right where I think the Hawks have the best player out of both teams with Trey Young being that guy. I just think they're a little bit more like top heavy where like, I like, I like the Bulls and like, they are a little bit more spread out. Like they do have like, they have a deeper team, in my opinion, where you have guys like Zach Levine, Vucevic, where we're not very confident in, but he's a good player, Lonzo, DeRozan. And then you have guys like Patrick Williams and AO behind them. And, you know, they added Goran Dragic. So, you know, like I, I, I'm just – I like the deeper team more than I do like the Hawks team. But – Hey, like
1: it you, deeper. All right, gotcha. Hey, yo. <laughs> hey
0: yo, I ain't talking about a Bulls player. Nah. <laughs> hey yo. But yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I gotta I, I agree with you where I see the upside with the Hawks, like they, they have the star power, so I could definitely see them making a big move. Like,
1: all right. Um, I guess you know, um uh, fair points, good, good, good note to kind of close out on the east. Um, yeah, you mentioned the the wolves. They had made uh, another, a bigger trade than the DeJounte Murray trade. One that kind of one many would say set the market price for quote unquote star trades moving forward. Um, yeah. What do you make of the wolves? Uh, they, obviously they made headlines with the Gobert trade for, for our listeners. They traded, I think it was five first round picks and, uh, just a poo poo platter of players, uh, for Rudy Gobert, three time defensive player of the year, uh, a walking he's basically a walking playoff appearance for being real like i think he's a lame but anytime he stepped on the goal for utah in the regular season their defense would be elite and that that elite defense would carry him into the playoffs so the wolves are betting on that to you know i'm betting on all that to complement towns and anthony edwards they also got kyle anderson low-key move and shoot am i missing somebody i'm like Eric Pascal,
0: they signed Eric Pascal at the end there you go right Uh, at the end. He's not like a big deal mover, but
1: but yeah, so that's basically their summer, their offseason, and their their season and their immediate future for the next couple years. It's it's all Rudy Gobert. So let's start there. What do you make of just that trade? We may have hit on it prior, but just what do you make of that trade? And then just what this season is going to be like for the for the wolves.
0: So just to reiterate, yeah, they did give up like four first-round picks: 23, 25, 27, 29, 26. Swap and also the, the player they drafted this year, Walker Kessler. So they're almost giving up like six first round picks. I really going to swap
1: in there. Good and, Lord.
0: You know, like they, they, they really, really gave up a lot. Also gave up Malik Beasley, a guy that I'm not saying he was a key pivotal piece, but he was part of that team. And don't forget Patrick Beverly. He was the heart heart quote unquote heartbeat of that team. So I I'm with you. I like Rudy Gobert. I do think that this like twin tower type of lineup where like Colony Towns is your power forward or center. And I mean, I think he's going to put power forward. And yeah, then Rudy, forward, yeah. Rudy Gobert is your center. Like, it sounds really intriguing. Like we don't, we know Colony Towns isn't like the best defender, but like having him along uh, alongside Rudy Gobert sounds cool. But just because like you have four guys who can shoot and that's what you want around, um, Rudy Gobert, bear. So I like it as a regular season move, but I think it's going to end up being just like it was on the jazz. Like, do I really think that it, it improves their chances in the playoffs. Not really. We've seen Rudy Gobert get played off the floor multiple times in, in the playoffs, but I guess this is, this is the ch- opportunity to see like, whose fault was it really? Was it Donovan Mitchell, the coaching staff at the jazz, or was it Rudy Gobert? And you know, this is the time where these things are going to be exposed, but uh, you know, I liked, I liked what they had with Patrick Beverly. I didn't really see the need to add someone like Rudy Gobert. It wasn't really the move that I was like looking for. Cause like Patrick Beverly, like, I'm not saying he's the defender that Rudy Gobert is. He never will be, but he he really riled that team up and got them their first playoff appearance in years. So it was really – it was weird to see them sign him to an extension in like February and, you know, Patrick – you know, I just feel bad for Patrick Beverly. Like he's on the Clippers pounding his chest talking about – you know, wait, let's go even before the Clippers. On the Rockets, he was pounding his chest with James Harden, yeah, got moved yeah. to the Clippers. Pounding his chest in the Clippers, got moved here again. Again, pounding his chest here, and poor guy can't catch a break, man. For,
1: like, or having Patrick Beverly on your roster and your young team, it's a rite of passage. It that's like when you get Beverly, he rouses you up, make the playoffs. You're the scrappy, you know, team, and then boom, you got to make the next move to level up. You know what I mean? Each yeah, time somebody moves yeah. out for Patrick Beverly, it's been a level up, as you said, right? right? right so, right. I guess I'm more fond of that move, despite the fact that like our listeners probably have heard me clown Rudy man times. I can clown somebody and also respect their game, and I think Rudy fair points all around in, in, in terms of just like he was vital but he was also part of the problem in the playoffs with Utah but I feel like we've discuss, discussed like kind of the Utah's issues when talking about the context of Donnie but he had such a huge offensive load Donnie right they gave Gobert the same defensive load the equivalent basically because they did not have the defenders around him. I think with Minnesota it'll be easier because you know from word out of Minnesota, their reporters and their fans, you know, Jaden McDaniels is somebody they wanted to hold on to in that deal. They kept him, and he happens to be a very versatile defender. And he was key towards Minnesota's defensive improvement last season. Uh, Towns, like, I think this is what he's always wanted. I think he always fancied himself as a stretch big that is more skilled. And if he had his preference from the very start, he probably would have not wanted the, uh, the duty to be, um, a defensive anchor or be that anchor and just given his past towns has performed best defensively when he's had more of a traditional big alongside him a lot of people forget kg was there for i think towns for rookie or second season and they were actually looking on the upswing that's when they had flip saunders that's levine wiggins towns towns was looking very good defensively playing also on K- alongside kg then flash forward a couple of years the Jimmy Butler in Minnesota season. A lot of people forget Todd Gibson played a lot of minutes alongside Cat, and they had Jang there as well. With Tibbs running things, we know how he likes those traditional big lineups. And in all those scenarios, Cat has performed better defensively. And I clown the fact that he's a franchise big that despite that, his team could lose 13 games in a row or whatever the fuck it was a couple years ago, you know what I mean, that happened. But I think ultimately this is a bet that was available and they had to make it. And I feel like I definitely do think this is a combo that could work. I think if they're healthy, they just complement each other. Well, this is going to help Towns. And I feel like he could reach a new plateau offensively because he's going to have less worry on the defensive end. You know what I mean? Um, but let me ask you this, though. Like, we talk about Cat, but I obviously see Anthony Edwards is the other number one overall pick on the roster. He's a newer, shinier toy, right? A lot of people are framing this deal as kind of, Obviously, the Minnesota new ownership wanted to make a splash, but also their front office and their new GM, they had kind of post from Denver. I think his name is uh, Chris Connolly. I believe it is, whatever the fuck his name is. Something Connolly. Tim Connelly, a- I think. Tim Connelly. There you go. I just made up another random name. Anyway, so Tim Connolly apparently comes with a really good reputation. And this front office obviously laid out the storyline. Do you think this move, this Gobert deal was also a bet on Anthony Edwards? Being that transcendent kind of Luca, not even Luca, Trey Young tier kind of talent, we're going into his third season. We expect him to take off. And in line with that, we want to make sure his surroundings, his environment is can level up with him. Hence, they got Rudy Gobert. He sets the floor of their team, but the upside is all on Anthony Edwards. I think that's what Minnesota is betting on. Do you agree with that? Like, what do you make of Edwards upside going into the season? And do you think he's a make or break kind of, um, Signal for the franchise for them now, not only in the immediate term, of the season, but to like you know long term go anywhere.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I I definitely see the upside with Anthony Edwards as a scorer, as just like a, a pivotal player in the franchise. And you know, I I will say like say what you want about the Timberwolves, but since Anthony Edwards has come onto that team, they have done nothing besides improve and try their best to improve. And, you know, shout out Alex Rodriguez, you know, new owner of part owner of the Timberwolves. He's, he's really trying to make that splash splashy move that, you know, he's known for. So um, I, I do like the, the swing that you're talking about, you know, betting on Anthony Edwards, uh, taking that leap. I think he could definitely be an all-star this year. Like he's that type of guy. And, you know, he, he, honestly you can make an argument that he might be even better than LaMelo like he got picked over him and he's shown these strides and you know I, I will to 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 kind of like I guess wrap a bow on the Timberwolves I'll say like without LeBron obviously they're kind of they're kind of give me that Lakers 2020 championship vibes in terms of roster makeup because mm. Conte Towns is kind of like AD where like you know he can shoot. I, he is not as like dominant as AD. We've seen when AD really locks in, much better be shooter
1: though. I see what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You, you know. And then obviously you have Joy Howard, who was the second guy for the the Lakers that year, and he was like, that's what we're talking about the Twin Tower lineup, where like you have mm. they, they played these two centers that made it work. So I see that, and it it, it is intriguing. It's just. I just don't. It's so hard for me to believe in Rudy Gobert after these last few years. But hey, new situation. You know, it, it could be the difference maker. He seems really excited to be on this team, and the rest of the guys have embraced him. So it, it could yeah. be that move. It could be that next move. Like
1: I don't see the three teams we talked about just today. You know, Atlanta, Bulls, Wolves. I'm probably most positive about the Wolves, and yeah, I, it seems like I'm, you're more in my degree. You. All right,
0: yeah, I'm with you on that. They made the splashier move. I can see how there's upside in the future with Anthony Edwards being in the mix. You know, like if Anthony Edwards a little bit older, you know, like Conti Towns' age, I'd be like, "Eh," but, you know, let's say this doesn't work out. You can get a huge package for Conti Towns, for Mm -hmm. example, and build around Anthony Edwards and Rudy Gobert. Like you have Anthony Edwards and Rudy Gobert. You could be the jazz light. You could be like the Jazz team, you know, like Donovan Mitchell upside with Anthony, and you still keep Rudy Gobert, and you could add some really nice pieces around if you make if you trade Carlton Towns out in that situation. The only reason exactly. I mentioned Caronty Towns' name in that trade is because I don't see anyone trading for Rudy Gobert after this. I see this kind of being his like, you yeah, know, like I, yeah, you know, I mean, like it's possible he signed somewhere else after the contract is up, but I see this like I don't see anyone really trading for him after this and. They're definitely not moving Anthony Edwards. I think that's the the most pivotal guy for them in the next few years. So, Conanty Towns has an upside and can add, get you a lot more back. Exactly. I feel like
1: all three of these teams, Chicago, not this offseason, but last offseason, they made that bet to, like, kind of add to Levine. And we just talked about Atlanta making the bet on Trey Young and getting DeJounte. I feel like Minnesota was in a better position to make a big bet. Hence, they put more chips on the table for Gobert because they had Towns and Edwards in place. You know what I mean? So you just put a bow on it perfectly. Um, I don't know. We were probably supposed to get to the Clippers next, but some funny stuff have happened with the Lakers. And I almost feel like we need to table the LA team talk until later. You know what I mean? Just, just do an LA power hour. It doesn't even have to be an hour. I just kind of want to laugh at like the state of one of the most glorified sports franchises ever. Their owners literally like got hacked on Twitter is trying to hawk PS5s. You know what I mean? Y'all seen that? Like, you guys seen that? Yeah. Um, Funny, funny shit. So we, we could definitely have some jokes about the Lakers soon, but I think that's about time. Mo is usually here to land the plane a lot smoother than uh, I would. Um, but any last words, or that sounded mad ominous. Any any <laughs> any closing comments? <laughs>
0: Listen, it, it, I'll say, for You did a great job landing this plane. We we got to wrap up the conversation with the three teams. So g- give yourself some credit. Uh, well, well, Sully, I'm giving you like Sully vibes. Landed the plane. Just just right, Tom X vibes, you know,
1: like couldn't even get Denzel. Man I was coked out of his <laughs> mind laying that shit upside down, bro. <laughs> um, all right, uh be sure to rate us five stars, right? Subscribe. Um, definitely check out our apparel on nickish.com and as my partner Mo said at the top, check out Nickish Musings. Um, if you haven't checked it out yet, definitely look through the archive. Our guy Mo is putting in work not our, grandma, our guy Omar rather been putting in work on the, on the blog and his latest piece was obviously the review of blood in the garden. Not much basketball being played, zero basketball being played now kind of all waiting for news to drop. So if you got time and you haven't already check out blood in the garden, pick it up and until next time. Peace.
0: Peace.